0: Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Part of the Las Vegas Sports Network. KRLV Las Vegas.
1: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness.
2: You gotta score points to win. You can't win without scoring points.
1: Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line!
3: And gives
2: Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness, on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q.
3: Q. Well, Raider Nation is coming in hot today. (laughs) Raider Nation is coming in hot. Welcome in, welcome back. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio, 920. My man, Damon Cotton, behind the wheels of steel. I'm your boy Q. We're in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio for the next three hours. Blessed to be here with you for the next three hours. And before we even deep dive into the show, I want to deep dive into the show, (laughs) Right. My man Vinny Bonsignor, who, of course, you can hear on, uh, on Radio Nation Radio 920, unnecessary, not unnecessary roughness, but you can hear him on there as well. But you can check him out every morning on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. tweeted out a real simple tweet earlier today as free agency gets started on, uh, on well, next week. As a matter of fact, the free agency period opens up on, on the 15th, but the tampering period begins on Monday. So yesterday we had talked on the show about the Raiders re-signing their own guys. Is there any guys that you should, you know, kind of look at and hope that the Raiders re-sign before free agency opens up? And, you know, there was a few answers here and there. Well, Vinny tweeted out, the Raiders are re-signing offensive tackle Brandon Parker. And so I, I quote tweeted and said, oh, was decent until he got injured last season. And apparently that set off Raider Nation. So let's go ahead and start the show and let it be known. When I mean decent, I didn't say good. I said he was decent. I'm talking about a quality depth guy. I'm not talking about a starter I'm not talking about a guy who's going to go all pro, be a pro bowler. I'm just talking about quality depth on the roster. And what happened and plagued the Raiders in great detail last year, depth. Across the whole team, not just the offensive line, but when they got hit with injuries, they got hit with injuries, and they didn't have depth. So when I'm looking at it, and maybe I I should apologize for not specifying, I didn't know Raider Nation was going to go so hot and, 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 and fast after after that, that one little comment, I mean, I got people coming at my neck like I like I cursed their mother. <laughs> right? I know Brandon Parker is not all-world. I know he's not all-pro. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be slid into the starting lineup. But when Jermaine Illuminor is a free agent, and who knows what's going to happen with him next week, it is good and important to sign some guys to at least have quality depth. Now, they, they might not even make the 53-man roster, depending on what they do, and at the end of the day, hopefully, maybe he doesn't make the 53-man roster. But Decent depth, that's what Brandon Parker is. <laughs> decent depth, me and Damon were laughing our tails off the last 30 minutes when we saw all the reaction to depth and decent and, and all so many people upset and mad. I don't know if it's today, is Damon, maybe today is just a mad Friday. We just came back from lunch and we saw a guy driving down Flamingo. And this dude literally tried to drive into the back seat of a young lady's car. Like he tried to. I mean, he, am I lying? He did everything he could to sit in the back seat with her.
2: He was so angry about just this car just being in front of him. And then as he gets over into the right turn lane, he extends his arm as far as he can. He let her know that she was number one <laughs> and flips the bird as he's still turning right. And it's like, dang, brother, it went that serious? He was so angry, and I don't know. I don't know why. But then all
3: of a sudden we, I mean the whole what five minute drive back from the restaurant to where we're at at the radio station, all you see is my phone go, and even at the restaurant it's like, thank you, you really set some people off like, I, so I didn't mean to do that, Raider Nation. So calm your nerves. It's Friday, you're heading into the weekend. It's a beautiful day outside, you know, especially if you're in the Las Vegas area. If you're in California, it's a little different with all the rain and everything that's going on there. And be safe out there. If you're listening to Cali, please be safe. I know the Bay is getting hit with a ton of rain. There's a ton of snow going on in the Bay and, and Cali and all that, and uh, that's unusual. So be safe out there wherever you are. But in the Las Vegas area, outside of that one little gray cloud, it looks pretty nice outside. So enjoy. Woosah. Relax. It's going to be okay. Just just you know, talking about a, a, a guy that's a debt piece, and that was it.
2: We got more hot takes coming today, y'all. No, Decent. I'm I'm not a hot take guy. Brandon Parker's decent. I'm not a
3: hot take guy. That's as hot as it's getting here. You'll never get hot takes from me at all, and that's definitely not a hot take. I just thought it was pretty funny when uh, you see all the reaction to he was decent last season. Maybe because I said season, and he didn't make it out of preseason. Maybe I should have said before he got injured. He was decent before he got injured, but I think that that would have set people off, too. Real quick, and
2: Brandon Parker, he said it You know, during like preseason, during those media sessions. He said he sees everything. So he, he he see he see y'all talking. It's a Brandon Parker stand account right here. I'm riding 10 toes for Brandon Parker now. You're funny.
3: You're funny. Unbelievable. <laughs> but, yeah, the Raiders have re-signed Brandon Parker. So that's basically uh, the way that we could tell you that. So they've re-signed a couple of their own. And next week, of course, everything will get going as uh, free agency opens up with the tampering period on Monday and Tuesday. And then the new league year starts on Wednesday. I just wanted to go ahead and throw that out there as we start the show so we don't have anyone calling angry about Brandon Parker because that's unnecessary. I told one dude on Twitter, like, hey, dog." If you think I'm about to argue over a backup offensive lineman, you have lost your mind. I am good. I am good. If you can curse them all you want, I'm fine. It is a backup offensive lineman at best. I don't know. Maybe today is just a day that a lot of folks are are ready to be on edge, and I'm not trying to be on edge. So uh, there you go. That was the latest and the greatest when it comes to the Raiders roster. Brandon Parker. The great, no, I'm just kidding, Brandon Parker, the good piece of depth, <laughs> has resigned at least for one more year. And who knows if he makes it out of camp. But, again, it's just another body to ensure that they have some bodies, something that they didn't have last year. Now, let's really get into the show because we've really got a good show lined up for you. Very proud of the lineup that we have for you today. Coming up at 2.30, matter of fact, at about 25 minutes from now, Bill Barnwell from ESPN.com. It's always good to catch up with Bill. He is a fantastic writer. He always puts a lot of good stuff on ESPN.com. You check out his work, and you probably don't even know it's Bill Barnwell's work that you're reading. But uh, he'll join the show at 2.30, and he put out a piece about Lamar Jackson and 16 teams. We know there's 32 in the league, 16 teams that should have an interest in Lamar why they should have an interest, why they shouldn't have an interest, how it could work, how it can't work, right? I mean, he he really broke it down, and when Bill puts pieces together, I mean, like I said, he really puts his foot into it. He does a hell of a job. So we'll talk about that, and I'll just go ahead and spoil it right now if you haven't read the piece. He has the Raiders as number five. They're not number one, but he has them as high as number five on teams that should be interested in Lamar Jackson. We've talked about Lamar ever since he got hit with the non-exclusive tag. We know that it's a very— It's a very, very long shot that the Raiders make any kind of thoughts towards Lamar Jackson. But at the same time, in between time, right now where we're at, why not talk about the possibility, especially since they don't have a quarterback, and the other options that are out there aren't that great. Jimmy G, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, I mean, you know, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield. I'd much rather talk about Lamar Jackson, even though it might be the longest shot of the long shots then talk about some of those guys. So Bill Barnwell will join us at 2.30. Again, fantastic writer for ESPN.com. At 3 o'clock, we'll do a little Cover 3 NFL news and notes of day. We're going to move that up because we have a very loaded lineup of guests that we have coming up on the show. So we'll do a little Cover 3. There's a lot of teams jockeying right now, making moves, cutting players, restructuring their contracts, trying to free up salary cap space, including the Miami Dolphins. We had a call a couple days ago about Lamar's going to go to Miami. They cleared up like $56 million in cap space today. Today. So again, we tell you about the salary cap all the time. If teams want to maneuver it and finagle it and make it work to their liking, they can. The Dolphins restructured like three or four guys and they cleared fifty six million dollars. So I'm not saying they have fifty six million dollars in salary cap space, but they cleared fifty-six million dollars by just restructuring a few contracts.
2: They also picked up two us fifth year options, so that's gonna be yeah. interesting to see what they do with that. Kind of a surprise. I don't think it's a surprise. He, I know the concussions, hey, that's a very serious thing. Yeah. But all the metrics, all the numbers Hey, man, but when he wasn't hurt, Tua was playing fantastic. I know it's well, a big
3: but. It's, no, and, and look, this is the thing. This is why I say it's surprising because I just don't know how long he's going to be able to, to play, right? And so I would think, and this is just from my standpoint, that they might have just go ahead and said, all right, you play out this next year, similar to what the Raiders did with Josh Jacobs. Go ahead and play this year out, and then we'll revisit it. Problem is he's a quarterback. So if he balls out similar to what Josh Jacobs did, then all of a sudden that contract extension is, is massive, right? But I'm just, again, I'm still concerned about Tua and his health and uh, what he's going to be moving forward. So they pick up the, the fifth-year option. It's worth about 32 million, dollars. so basically about the non-exclusive franchise tag. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense from that standpoint, but uh, I'm just concerned about that young man's health and what he's going to do moving forward. But, yeah, that's one of the notes right there. Tua Tagovailoa got his fifth-year uh, option picked up by the Miami Dolphins. Coming up at 3.30, and uh, really we're going to have some uh, back-to-back XFL conversations. Carolina Teague, ESPN 97.5 in H-Town. That's Houston. Uh, also, she's a Spurs insider. She does a bunch of the fight game conversations. Conversations. She'll join us at 3:30. Talk about this weekend XFL action and uh, demand the the Vipers going to the weekend 0 and 3. You've been on the call for two of those games. Uh, tough losses. They've had leads. At, at all points or at, at multiple points of all three of their games, and still find themselves at zero and three. And now the XFL is going into week four. What have you thought of the overall product so far through three weeks?
2: I've enjoyed the product. I've thought it was. I th- I've thought it's fantastic. If people, if you're not down with the XFL, just watch it. I mean, last week's game against the Sea Dragons for the Vipers, where that's one of those games. That's why the XFL is different. The Sea Dragons basically have this approach of we're just gonna go for three every time we score. Yeah, there are no field goals on the extra point, so they just go for three. But then you see the gamesmanship of hey, if if the Vipers if you don't if you don't score on your two point conversion, and hey now they're only down by now they're only down by eight, and it, it still works out. The numbers are always in your favor, or even if you have a, a nine point lead, it's still a one possession game.
3: Right. Right, exactly. And that's, that's the beauty of the XFL. And I think that it's been pretty good. Of course, week one, all eyes were on the XFL just to see what it looked like. But you're starting to see, you know, the eyeballs come off of the XFL just a little bit. It's not really appointment-watching. I mean, I guess if you're going around the TV and you say, oh, hey, the XFL's on, cool, I'll check it out. And, of course, you can hear their home games, the Vipers' home games, here on Radio Nation Radio 920 with Harry Ruiz and uh, DeMond Cotton on the call. So Carolina Teague will join us at 3.30 to talk all things XFL. We'll look at the big, grand scheme of things as far as the whole league goes. Then at 4 o'clock, we'll focus in on the Vegas Vipers, uh, Mr. Harry L. That's how you say his name, right? I mean, you're on the call. Yes. Okay. Uh, and you said he uh, got an interception last week.
2: Oh, uh, no, it was not him. I was mistaken. Uh, I'll see how but you hey, are. Yeah,
3: see, you set me up for failure, man. I was about to say DBs win games. Congratulations on the interception last week. And he didn't even get one.
2: No, nah, I mean, but hey, the team still played well. <laughs> They and, lost. Uh, yeah, they still played well, though. I all mean, right. J- hey, Josh Gordon's Josh Gordon. That's all pro talent right there.
3: No, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's the big what if, right, when it comes to the NFL. So Mr. Harriel from the Vegas Vipers, he'll join us at 4 o'clock to talk about their upcoming game. They're going up against the D.C. Defenders again. They are 3-0. and they are the number one team in the XFL as far as I'm concerned. They have defense, they have offense, they can get it done. I really like the way that they play. I've actually tuned into their games on TV multiple times just to watch them, and, and they go out there and perform, but they are on the road. So uh, the Vegas Vipers are in D.C. taking on the D.C. Defenders. So we'll talk to Mr. Ariel uh, at 4 o'clock talking all things Vegas Vipers. Then at 4.15, right after Mr. Ariel, we'll talk to Matt Fontana from ESPN Cleveland. I've actually uh, had I've done shows with him the last two nights on uh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio nationally. And uh, he's a really good dude from ESPN Cleveland. So we'll get a little bit of a background on some more Ohio State guys. Of course, we'll lead things off with C.J. Stroud. We'll talk a little Paris Johnson as well. Uh, Just some other guys. You know, we'll just kind of go deep diving into Ohio State, but really focus in on C.J. Stroud. And uh, don't look now, but there's rumors and reports, everything floating around Twitter, that there's a potential big trade coming as far as the draft goes, where Carolina may be making some moves up to that number one spot. And, and DeMond, what did I tell you on the way to lunch? Man, if they... Make a move from 9 to 1. They are giving up a huge uh, draft haul. They're going to be giving up a lot of capital in return if they they do, in fact, go from 9 to 1. But, man, that'd be big for Chicago if they're able to land that.
2: It'd be so big for Carolina. They get that number one pick, and then Houston, they've got to be biting their nails a little right. bit because you don't know if they're going to take Bryce Young. You don't know if they're going to take C.J. Stroud. Also, Anthony Richardson, maybe maybe they're buying into the hype in Carolina. I don't think so. Maybe. But yeah. you never know when a team trades up for number one, and that's going to make the draft even much more appointment How me.
3: how How much pressure would that be if you're Anthony Richardson and you go to Carolina and knowing the last dude that somewhat looked like you was Cam Newton? <laughs> I'm not saying he's Cam Newton. But the guy that resembles what your skill set looks like was Cam Newton, and he was a former league MVP.
2: Hey, but you, if you can't call yourself Cam Jackson if you're not ready for that, those type of expectations. That's true. You say you're the combination of two MVPs. I'm not saying that you got to play like that, but he knows what he'd be getting himself into. I think that it would be spectacular to see him because it would be the comparisons, the side-by-side videos. But if Carolina pulls it off, especially what they I'm have to still- give up.
3: I'm still thinking of what Ted said to us on the show yesterday when he was talking about little packages for Anthony Richardson. And I mean, I'm just thinking about what that would look like. Hell, I did a whole podcast on what that would look like, what it could potentially (laughs) look like. Right. I mean, again, and this is because I'm trying to be open minded where a lot of folks don't want to be open minded about anything. Even Brandon Parker being a decent backup. Right. Don't want to be open minded to anything. I want to be open minded to everything. So I just kind of sat back and thought and visualized like, man, that would be pretty cool to see Anthony Richardson come in in certain package you'd hear Raider Nation start yelling and screaming and getting all hyped up and then the crowd they'd have to tell the crowd to be quiet especially if they're at home you know, you know I just I could see how that could work I'm not saying that that's option 1 again CJ Stroud for me is is QB1 that's where I'm going and that's why we're going to talk to Matt Fontana coming up at 4:15 but if Carolina moves up maybe they're moving up for CJ maybe they're moving up for Bryce maybe Anthony maybe Will I mean you just don't know but you know they're moving up for a quarterback So that would eliminate one off the board immediately. So then what? If you're the Raiders at seven, is your guy still there? Are you willing to make a move for that guy? You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden it gets really dicey because you know Houston, you know they're taking a quarterback too.
2: But then if Carolina moves up, if you're sitting at four or five or even three, do you say, hey, now our price just went up? Because yeah. now we, yeah, because man, Absolutely. that's, man, that's, that's really, man, this is going to be so much fun It is to it, see if they do, they, they make that trade because if I'm Car- not Carolina, excuse me, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, then I'm saying, yo, yesterday's price is not today's price. I agree. I agree. I mean, look
3: it, again, supply and demand. There's not a lot of supply and there's a lot of demand. <laughs> it's real simple. It's the American way, right? I mean, that's just how everything gets done. So it should be interesting, man. I know it's only March 10th and there's plenty of time before between now and the draft. But, man, things could really get dicey quick, fast, and in a hurry. So Matt Fontana, ESPN Cleveland, will join us at 4.15. And then at 4.30, closing out our guest lineup for today, Coach Matt Neiswanger uh, from Shadow Ridge High School. He's actually the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year for girls' flag football there at Shadow Ridge High School. They had a big um, reception and kind of an award ceremony at Allegiant Stadium last night. I wasn't able to be there like we were for the uh, boys' high school football coach of the the year award. Uh, I thought that that was really cool, but the banquet was after 5 o'clock, so we were already off the air, so it really wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense. But he'll join us at 4.30 to talk about the the recipient of the award, the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the the Year Award. Also, two-time back-to-back state champs. How about that? I mean, that's what you—that's what you get in for it, right? You want to always win a state championship. You, every program signs up for trying to win a state championship. Every program doesn't do it, but they are back-to-back state champions there at Shadow Ridge High School. So Coach Matt nicewanger will join us coming up at 4.30. So that's the guest that we have coming up on about 15 minutes. We have Bill Barnwell ESPN.com. Carolina Teague will join us at 3.30. Mr. Harry Yale from the Vegas Vipers at 4. Matt Fontana, ESPN Cleveland at 4.15. Coach Matt nicewanger from Shadow Ridge High School at 4.30. Now let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary
1: Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers,
3: home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So the question I want to throw out there to you is actually a question that was posed to me earlier today, and that was Q- what do you think the Raiders should do? What positions do you think they should attack in free agency as free agency gets going next week? We'll know a lot about this team, or at least we feel like we'll know a lot about this team by the end of next week and, and when free agency is going on and the additions that they, they make to the roster, whoever they add to the roster, whatever position it is, I feel like we'll get a better idea of what this team is going to be. So the question that was thrown out there to me was, what position would you like to see the Raiders attack in free agency and what position do you think that they should save and attack in the draft? And I thought that that was a really good question, right? Because, again, we've been talking hot and heavy about the draft because, well, the, the draft is, is really the big unknown. You know, I mean, there's, there's ideas that we all have. We all believe that we know where certain guys are going to go. But until the, 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 the names start coming off the board, we really don't have a great idea. We believe Carolina's going to go get a quarterback at one. We believe Houston's going to get a quarterback at two. Uh, Chicago, obviously, would have to trade down from number one for Carolina to have that opportunity. But until everything actually starts to unfold, we don't have a great idea of what's going to go on. And in free agency, you kind of know what it is. There are certain guys that you get excited about. And I like to look at free agents, and I like to look at the guys that are younger. I know I got pretty excited about Chandler Jones, the addition of him last year, and that clearly didn't work out, and he wasn't on the, the right side of thirty. And we all know about Devontae Adams in the trade, and that worked out well, right? And that that happened during the free agent period as well. But I like to look at free agents and say, okay, you know, guys around 25, 26, 27, where you feel like you're going to get some good years out of them. Those are the guys that I really look at. But then I also look at the draft and say, okay, well, where is the draft not as heavy? So one of the biggest areas that stood out to me was linebacker. Linebacker I looked at and said, you know what? The Raiders probably need to address the linebacking position in free agency. You know, maybe a guy like a Tremaine Edmonds, who's only—do you know he's only 24? He's only 24, right? He's been in the league, what, five years? He's only 24 years old. Plays for the Buffalo Bills right now. I mean, he's a heck of a player. Maybe that's a a direction that they go. Maybe a Levante David, who obviously is a little bit older, he'll be a little bit cheaper, but still playing at a high level. Linebacker is not a real deep class in the draft, so I think that the Raiders probably need to go in that direction. I think that the cornerback position is something that the Raiders could attack in, in the draft. I like a a few of the cornerbacks that may be available, like a Jalen Ramsey, but do you want to really give up draft capital to go get that guy when there's plenty of DBs in this upcoming draft? I think that you could really roll the dice and go with a a DB or two in the draft and feel pretty good about yourself. So I'm I'm looking at the linebacking core on the defensive side of the ball. I'm looking at the offensive line. I think that they still needs to be addressed. I would like to see, as you mentioned, I believe on yesterday's show, a right tackle addressed in free agency. I think that that would be a good position. And depending on what they do with Dylan Parham, you might have to address the guard position as well. But in free agency, I think if you attack the offensive line, attack the linebacking core, obviously resign the guys that you have to resign, like a Jarrett Stidham and a Josh Jacobs, you're good, Ah, look at the wide receivers and think, you probably don't need a wide receiver. It's not that big a priority, so why spend you know the money on the, the wide receiver if you don't have to? And then, of course, all bets are off on what's going to happen with the quarterback position.
2: For me, the one position, especially after we had Cynthia Freeland on the show yesterday, I'm going to say safety. If Jesse Bates and Jordan Poirier are right. out there, yeah, one of those guys. One. I he,
3: would like Jesse Bates because of his age. Yeah, he's
2: younger. Yep. And also with, um, excuse me, dang, I'm blanking on his name. Safety that the Raiders have right now. Teron Harmon. Yes. No, yeah. no, no. Excuse oh, Trayvon me. Younger, Trayvon Merrick. Trayvon Merrick, yes. That's, uh, your, your that's, guy. that's
3: Raider Mack's favorite guy. Yeah. So, uh, Trayvon Merrick. <laughs> just
2: kidding, Raider Mack. <laughs> with him back there, and we see that he took that step back yeah. in year two. Yeah. Yep. So, I just wouldn't want to risk it by drafting a rookie safety or getting somebody back there that's unproven. I agree Especially with that. Especially with Jesse Bates, He's, he could also stop the run. He's got 14, yep. at least 14 career interceptions. Right. So, it's one of those where I think that would be the great mix of having that veteran presence back there. That's somebody, at least one of those guys. They should land them in free agency.
3: Okay. I like it. Line Linebacker, safety uh, in, in free agency. Offensive line, right tackle, you agree with that, or you think that oh, the draft is okay
2: with that? I'm, I think that you need that veteran presence see, I think and, as well. See, I think they need to
3: attack the offensive line in free agency, and you could even attack it in the and draft, in the draft. Yeah. right? With 11 picks, and, I mean, go And again, go crazy. that's why I'm going back to Brandon Parker, even though I'm not trying to make this show about Brandon Parker. That's why I'm going back to because he's good depth. The Raiders didn't have depth on the offensive line last year. That was part of the problem. And they didn't address it until what, late in the season? Hell, they didn't even know who their starting five was until, like, week eight. You know what I mean? Like, this year, there can't be a, well, we're going to figure it out later. Well, we'll figure it out later. Well, it's working okay right now. No. They've got to have some real-deal competition when they hit camp. Like, a lot of guys that they legit believe. Like, Alex Leatherwood was wrecked early, right? We knew he was wrecked early. There was no chance that he was going to do anything but be a piece of depth, and they ended up letting him go. So that's why I say that, you know, resigning him, uh, Parker, is fine. It's not a big deal. Again, I'm not expecting him to be all pro or even a starter. But I think that a quality depth piece, sure. Sure, you need those guys. You know, alert. All 53 guys on your roster aren't all pros. There's some guys that just know their
2: role. And a lot of those are guys that are backups as well. It's that simple. Yeah, especially when you mention, hey, they didn't know the starting five until about week eight. We can't hear going into leaving preseason – everybody's still competing for a job. where well, that's fine in theory in training camp during the preseason, but once season starts, once week one gets here, barring injury, they should know who that starting five on the offensive line are.
3: Right. I agree. I agree. And they should also know who the next line of of guys are, right? The next five. Who's up? Not, you know, mixing and matching this and that. I think Theron Mumford's going to play a role. I don't know what it's going to be, but I like the fact that they'll have some more competition. I think that should be a big room. The, the offensive line room should be very big and full of competition. That should be one of those, when we come out of training camp, when we come out of the meetings there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, they say, well, there sure is a lot of competition in that offensive line room. That's what you want to hear. Because, yes, they did a good job. Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing. But think how much better it could have been if that was one cohesive unit coming out the gate. Could have won a couple games, in my opinion, if they were one cohesive unit and they were clicking on all cylinders from day one instead of week seven or eight. So the question I throw out there to you, and we want to hear from you, is 702-365-9200. Of course, our don'tbebroke.com text line as well, 69187, keyword R&R. What position would you like to see the Raiders attack in free agency? What position should they save for the draft? Let us know about it. Got a couple texts here that I'd like to get to, but of course, like I said, I wanted to hear from you as well. Jim from Yonkers, hit us up, don'tbebroke.com text line. I really enjoyed the morning show, but they're having too many Garoppolo OTAs for breakfast. Uh, For today's question, I'd attack the defensive line and linebacker in free agency. It's uh, hard to draft those players ready to play day one. An offensive line for draft and a young wide receiver to go under Adam's wings for a few years. Thank you, Q&D, for a great show. Have a great weekend. And uh, Two parts of that. When you talk about Garoppolo, that is a morning tailgate thing. I don't know what it is. I don't know if Garoppolo signed up uh, with the morning tailgate or he's a a daily listener. I don't know. But I I swear, every time I turn on the radio, I hear Jimmy Garoppolo talked about on the morning tailgate and and, and talked about in a a, a real good light. Like, he's going to be a heck of a player, and I just – Again, until I see it, I, I, I don't believe it. But again, if he is,
2: I'll be the first to say I was wrong because it could happen. Too many Garoppolo's is just funny to say. I know. Uh, too, too many Garoppolo's for breakfast.
3: I like it. I like it a lot. 805 Raider said, we had to resign Parker or Illuminor. Ziegler made it clear last year he values Parker as swing. Illuminor only made team when Parker got hurt. Why is this a surprise? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, 805 Raider. You make too much sense. I don't know. (laughs) But let me know. Let me tell you how many people were angry by me saying he was decent. Uh, at best. Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up. Q&D. Happy Friday, gentlemen. Just want to say I'm actually sorry for DeMond's UNLV running Rebels. Early exit yesterday. I was hoping that they'd beat Boise State, but the running Rebels fell a tad short in overtime. On a note, all this Jimmy G talk, if he comes to Vegas, all I'm going to say is I hope he stays away from the strip clubs. He's a ham for all them dancers and porn stars. We need a quarterback that'll get us postseason. Just my opinion. I don't think Jimmy G is the answer, Sir Whiskey Ray.
2: How do we get on the Jimmy G conversation? I think that people are so fired up. Maybe they forgot to send their text in the morning but they still got to get their thoughts off on Jimmy G. I guess. I guess. Look, I'm I'm not the guy
3: to have to talk about Jimmy G because I understand. I'm with you. I'm with you. He is not a guy that's high on my list at all. Not saying that that doesn't mean he's not going to end up being and ending up in Vegas. I think Houston's a good location for him. I think there's a good possibility, as we had Aaron Wilson on yesterday, and he thinks that he's going to sign a one-year deal in, in Houston. I think there's a chance that he can end up here. There's a chance he can end up in New York with the Jets if they don't land Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's a lot of different places that he's going to have an opportunity to play because – Again, supply and demand. There's not a lot of supply, and the demand is large. Uh, also, Vegas Pete said it's nice and cute in Vegas Q. LOL. Rain about, uh, about to come any minute. Uh, next Monday is going to be on fire. Ride with Stiddy. All right, that'll work. And where we're at, Vegas Pete, it's nice right now. It's nice. It's sunny. We did see the one gray cloud. I actually mentioned that at the top of the show, that there is a gray cloud out there. But right now, it's pretty nice. So wherever you are, if it's windy and it's rainy, be safe. But I know California is wet everywhere. <laughs> I mean everywhere. I got a lot of friends in Cali, and they're like, man, Q, uh, we're not going to get in our cars anymore. We're going to get in our boats, and we're going to be floating around because it's that wet out. So uh, Vegas Pete, if it's raining out there where you are, be safe, my man. Definitely be safe. Again, don't don't get all crazy driving too fast like that dude on uh, Flamingo earlier. Man, that guy. If you guys see a big old brown – was it brown or black truck? It was a black truck. It huh? was black, yes. Yeah, man, if you see an angry dude driving in a black truck, just get out his way.
2: Q, can I give you the uh breaking news that Ian Rappaport just tweeted? Uh-oh. This is the real Wait, rap hold, on. Sheet. hold
3: on. Do you have to hit, do you need a bomb? Do you need some kind of sounder?
2: Should we pause one time? Uh, I'll do it after I read the tweet because okay. yes, it is worth it. Okay. Sources say the Bears are trading the number 1 overall pick to the Panthers in exchange for big-time compensation including multiple first-rounders. Chicago loads up and lands at number 9 while Carolina can draft its quarterback of the future. And
3: how do How do we start the show? That there's reports out there that Carolina was about to trade up to number one. And boom, before we hit the first commercial break, Carolina is trading up to number one. So there you have it. Fireworks. We should have some fireworks sound. (laughs) I used to do that on my show. No, I used to do that on my show in Texas. On the 4th of July, I would have all these fireworks going off. And people legit thought we were firing off fireworks in the studio. It was awesome. Uh, but it was a really good sound effect, so I'll try to get that for you. Now, we would never fire off <laughs> fireworks in the studio, but people thought it was because it sounded that real. We need to have some fireworks because that's – man, moving up from 9 to 1, that is massive. So, Raider Nation, I'll throw both questions out there. Now that Carolina has made that move from 9 to 1 in the upcoming NFL draft, what do you think of the move? How, should the Raiders make a counter move? Should they stay pat? What are your thoughts on that? And then also, what position would you like to see the Raiders attack a free agency? And what should they save for the upcoming NFL draft? 69187, keyword R&R. That is the com text line. Coming up next, Bill Barnwell, ESPN.com. He'll join us to talk about Lamar Jackson. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary
1: Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy
3: Dealers. Home of the Chevy Silverado. The strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
1: It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio.
3: Efforting Bill Barnwell from ESPN.com to talk all things Lamar Jackson and the fact that he's a... Got the franchise tag, the non-exclusive. That means all teams across the league can talk to him. But, of course, the Ravens have an opportunity to match that offer. So I've been talking about Lamar Jackson because why not, right? If we're going to talk about Jimmy G, let's talk about Lamar Jackson. But before we went to break, got the news about the Carolina Panthers trading all the way up to number one to get that spot. And, And the Chicago Bears are trading back to number nine. Adam Schefter reports what the compensation is. The Bears receive pick number nine, pick number 61, a first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and wide receiver D.J. Moore. So it's a pretty big haul, Mon. but honestly, I thought there was probably going to be one more first-round pick thrown in there that there really wasn't, so it's a lot to give up, but it's not as much as I even thought it was going to be.
2: Yeah, I feel pretty confident what I said yesterday about maybe even if the Raiders want to trade up the number 5, where... I mean, it's not that They probably time. have to move up higher oh, than yeah. five well, now. Well, yeah, now, now. <laughs> now it's an arms race.
3: Now it is an arms race, brother. Again, yesterday's price is not today's price now that we all know that Carolina's sitting there at number one. So I want to know what your thoughts are on the trade. What how? What do you think the Raiders should do? Should they make a counter move? Should they just sit pat and kind of let everything fall into place for them? And also, what position would you like to see the Raiders attack in free agency that get started next week? What position should they save the attack for the NFL draft. 69187 keyword RR. As I mentioned in a few minutes, we'll be joined by Bill Barnwell from ESPN.com. Before we do that, though, let's talk to our guy, a Hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
0: Hey, Q. Happy Friday, man. Hopefully,
3: you're doing good. Yes, absolutely. How are you doing? Oh, pretty
0: good. Hey, uh, so a couple things. Well, first of all, the free agency thing. Uh, I do like the linebacker, uh, Tremaine Edmonds. You know, but whether it's him or a safety or a cornerback, like I, I think we need one stud, but, like, my thinking is we need one guy in free agency that can help us cover Travis Kelsey because that's mm-hmm. been – I mean, and I know no teams can really do it, but it's a big anomaly, but there's got to be a way that we can approach free agency to at least help us out in that area, okay? Uh, and then, uh, you know, I would like to get offensive linemen maybe like right tackle for free agency, but, you know, the it's kind of funny this whole thing with the Bears because I've been looking at the draft draft in depth and uh you know I have two questions so one before I talk about the draft real quick uh compensatory picks you know you were talking about it and essentially I feel like teams you know especially like like the Patriots they'll like purposely get rid of guys just to get more comp picks so it almost seems like a strategy that certain teams or general managers will do um you know we got rid of like uh Trayvon Mullen we uh Abram and then Leatherwood not saying any of those guys are studs but right 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 and, like Essentially, you have to get rid of more guys than you're taking on, okay? So I'm curious on, on your thoughts on, on that strategy, if you think that can work or whatnot, uh, where the Raiders are right now, okay? Not a team like the Patriots that already have guys they've developed. And then my next thing, in the draft, like, yeah, like, I think the Raiders should move up, but here's, here's what I think, man. I mean, like, honestly, if you, if you look at it, you look at the teams that need quarterbacks, right? You got the Texans, you got the Colts, Seahawks, you know, they got two picks, so they might get someone in the, uh, with their second pick in the first round, the Lions, that's a question mark. And then you got, um, of course, the Panthers that moved up, the Falcons, possibly the Jets, maybe Tampa Bay. So all those teams could possibly target a quarterback in the first round. So, like, my thinking is what happens if Bryce Young falls and, you know, what if, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson goes first and then maybe C.J. Stroud goes second or flip it, you know, vice versa. But what if somehow, some way, the Raiders pick at seven and Bryce Young is there, and maybe there's another team that's willing to give us some nice draft capital, and maybe we move back and we can get an, a second-round pick and a first-round pick the next year. I think there's some guys, uh, you know, you said linebackers are very deep. You're right. It's not very deep, but I thought they did better than my anticipation going into the combine, but right. I think you can get a linebacker in the second or third round, but um, yeah, just curious your thoughts on that. If we traded back, got more comp picks, or if, if Bryce Young is available, if we should take him, and then the um, thing about the compensatory pick, so appreciate it. Thank
3: you. All right, good stuff, good stuff. Thank you. That was a very long call, a lot of detail there. We appreciate it. We'll definitely uh, attack that and talk about it in just a few minutes, but we do have Bill Barnwell from ESPN.com. He's uh, on the phone lines now, and, Bill, we do appreciate your time this afternoon. Of course, you got the piece up on uh, .com right now, a fantastic piece, talking about Lamar Jackson trade, ranking NFL team fits for Ravens quarterback. And, Bill, before we even get into – the teams that could be fits or not fits with uh, Lamar Jackson. How surprised are you that we're even where we are right now?
1: Pretty surprised. I mean, we don't see this stuff happen with quarterbacks at this point of their career. The one example you can bring up recently is Kirk cousins or Kirk cousins went year to year with Washington and then ended up hitting free agency. So I, I have to admit, I- I'm pretty shocked that the Ravens didn't get this done last off season. Didn't get it done during the season. Didn't get done in the couple weeks before they had to franchise Lamar Jackson because now that clock is ticking. They're two years away, realistically, from losing Lamar Jackson to free agency for absolutely nothing. And other teams know that, which is why I think there might not be the kind of market maybe the Ravens and Lamar Jackson were hoping for here in the first couple days after uh, they were franchise
3: tagging him. I'll tell you, it really blew my mind when they hit him with the non-exclusive franchise tag. And I realized two first round draft picks really can get it done. Obviously, there's contracts that have to be worked out as well. But two first round picks for a former MVP to me is absolutely nothing. And Bill, what would you say about the, the people that say, well, Q, you know what? He hasn't he hasn't finished the season the last couple of seasons. He's been banged up and that style is not going to last long.
1: Well, a couple things there. You know, in terms of him not lasting the last couple years, that matters. And I think there are teams who are going to be concerned. I think that's a realistic thing to worry about. I will say, when I watch Lamar play, he's very smart. When it comes to protecting his body, when it comes to sliding, when it comes to getting out of bounds, you know, if it's a big play and he has to take a hit, yeah, he'll take a hit, just like anybody else, just like Josh Allen, just like, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is always the classic one for me, as a guy who uh, would always take those hits but never got this criticism. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, I think he's really smart about avoiding those hits when possible. So, you know, the the injuries at the end of the last couple of years have been kind of random. You know, I've not been plays where he was, you know, extending himself and got hit like maybe a Carson Wentz a few years ago in the end zone against the Rams. Um, So, you know, is it a concern? Yes, I think it's a realistic concern. But is it enough for me to say, okay, we're not going to pursue this guy? I I don't think so. And and the guy who comes to mind for me is Deshaun Watson, where he had two torn ACLs in his past, including one as a pro, and then everything else that happened with him off the field. And yet there is enough teams pursuing him that they ended up getting not just three first-round picks, but also that fully guaranteed deal that uh, Deshaun Watson got that Lamar Jackson reportedly wants as well.
3: No doubt. Again, we're talking with Bill Barnwell from ESPN. His piece on .com right now ranking NFL team fits for Ravens quarterback. Of course, that's for a Lamar Jackson trade. And immediately when the non-exclusive tag was hit, there was teams that said, okay, we're not interested. I don't know how realistic that is, but there should be a lot of teams that are interested again in a former league MVP. And before I get to the Raiders and, and I, I'm very um, you know, high on them as far as wanting a quarterback and needing a quarterback and Lamar would be a good fit. Before we get to them, I want to ask you about Miami because I know Miami doesn't have the technical criteria right now Mm -hmm. to go ahead and make that move. They don't have the two first round picks because they don't have one this year. They need that. So they've cleared a ton of cap space already. So it looks like that they're going to go hot and heavy after somebody in free agency. How can Miami make it work with Lamar Jackson? It's tough. You know, it would have to be after the draft
1: from what I understand. The rules are honestly kind of vague about this, which is a little crazy because it's the NFL and you know, if you go to a Super Bowl, they literally tell you where you can stand. But right. when it comes to trading, they're like, yeah, two first round picks, you'll figure it out. From, from my interpretation, from what I've heard, it sounds like you need to have your own first round pick in each of those two seasons. Now, the Miami first round pick uh, has been vacated. It's been taken away from them because of tampering rules. So you can't get that first round pick back even if you wanted to. What they would have to do is wait until after the draft because once you get after the draft then instead of being your 23 and 24 first round picks it becomes your 24 and 25 first round picks so that's one way they could do it is wait until after the draft and then offer lamar up with those with those two first round picks in the future another way to do it is do a sign and trade where you tell lamar hey we want to get a deal done you negotiate. Some of that's not necessarily legal, but teams <laughs> tend to break the rules when it comes to this stuff, if I'm being honest with you. But, you know, talk to Lamar, get a, get a framework for a deal, go to the Ravens and say, hey, we want to work out a deal with Lamar. Uh, you know, can we get a trade compensation done that doesn't involve those two first-round picks? Maybe they include a player. Maybe they include future picks. Maybe they include, you know, some combination of stuff. And if the Ravens say, okay, we're good, Lamar can sign his franchise tag and then immediately get traded to the Dolphins for whatever the Ravens want in return, and then get a new deal in the process. So it's a couple ways the Dolphins can do it, but not as easy as it would be for some other teams.
3: No doubt. And, you know, there's 16 teams that you have on here on your piece listed that could be or should be interested in Lamar and talking about ways that it would fit and ways that he wouldn't fit. Uh, 15 is the 49ers. I, I find that intriguing. But number 11 is the Washington Commanders and I really find this one intriguing and, and think especially everything going on in DC he wouldn't have to travel real far. Uh how good of a fit and how likely do you think that Washington may dip his toes in to the waters when it comes to Lamar Jackson especially having Eric Bieniemy now as offensive coordinator there.
1: Not just having Eric Bieniemy as your offensive coordinator but also you're taking the star player away from your local rivals. Right. I live in the DC area and, I, and like it's not you know it, it's not it's not like You know, other rivalries. Like, it's not like Giants, Jets. It's not like, you know, uh, divisional rivalries. They don't play very often, but there is still that thing of, hey, you know, Ravens fans are going to be miserable if Lamar Jackson leaves. And if they go to play for, you know, your friend's favorite team in so many cases, that's going to be a problem. So, um, you know, for for the Commanders, a team that has been frankly anonymous in the NFL since that Kirk Cousins situation where they let him leave and they have not been able to replace him. I think Lamar is the biggest bet you can make and the highest upside guy you can get. The only thing for me is if you're Lamar Jackson until Daniel Snyder sells his football team, would you really want to go play for the Commanders? You know right. they're not going to be built very well. You know they're not going to run their roster well. You know they're going to be run on the capricious wins of a uh, a guy who should not be running a football team <laughs> and, and Daniel Snyder. So you probably want to wait. So maybe if this were next offseason, it'd be better. Presumably if the commanders do get sold, then this off-season. So I, I like the idea. I just don't know if the commanders are in a position where they can make that kind of financial commitment to a player and whether Lamar Jackson would even want that.
3: Bill Barnwell is our guest from ESPN here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. We're talking about all things Lamar Jackson and 16 teams that uh, could potentially look at him and where they would be fits and where they wouldn't be fits. And as I mentioned, I like the Raiders. I talked about it immediately as soon as the non-exclusive tag was hit with them. I know it's a long shot. There's a lot of money that goes into it, so it's not as easy just saying yeah, we want the player. But you have the Raiders listed at number five. Uh, You got why they should consider it, why they shouldn't consider it, how it'd be a fit. What do you think of Lamar Jackson, all the weapons that the Raiders have, uh, and obviously being in Las Vegas as well, how good of a fit would that be?
1: I mean, I think it's a great fit if you're Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, <laughs> you're not paying income tax in Las Vegas, you're not paying income tax in Nevada, that's going to help you going to make your deal that much better when you're making 250 million million, that adds up pretty quick. Um, and you got great playmakers, right? I mean, this is a guy in Lamar Jackson who has not always had great playmakers during his time in Baltimore. Mark Andrews has been good, of course, but Marquise Brown has been in and out of the lineup and then traded. Last year was a bit of a mess for Shaq Bateman for most of the year. You have Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, all under contract, assuming that Jacobs does get a deal done in the long term with the Raiders, all under contract for years to come. That's a core that's going to be hard to beat. And I think if you're Lamar Jackson, that possibility is very exciting. But if you're Josh McDaniels, if you're the Raiders front office, if you're Dave Ziegler, I, I would have questions not about Lamar, but just about how we're going to use our picks because we just traded away our first and second round picks for Devontae Adams last year. So many of those first, second, third round picks from the John Gruden era either didn't pan out or were traded or are out of football for off-field reasons. So unfortunately, that that core of your team, that sort of young roster that you want to have going into their prime in the next few years is gone. It's not there. Mm -hmm. You know, this is an entirely different team if all those picks work out. So I think for the Raiders – you have to ask the question of, okay, let's say we trade two first and two seconds or two first for Lamar. Um, are we going to have enough young players on our roster? Guys who are cheap, who are making less in the market, you know, to fill the spots on our roster that we're going to be in a position to contend for a Super Bowl? If you do, then, Hey, go ahead, make this trade. I think Lamar Jackson is the highest ceiling option you have, but if you're, Josh McDaniels and an old friend of yours by the name of Jimmy Garoppolo is available <laughs> in the free agency, and you got a big hole at quarterback, and he's not going to cost you those first-round picks. I, I can see the Raiders saying, hey, let's hold on to our picks. we made that deal last year. Maybe it was too aggressive. Let's go out and sign Garoppolo, who's probably going to favor us if he gets to the market, and then let's use those picks on young players, and let's not go for Lamar Jackson. So I, I think it's a better fit for Lamar than for the Raiders, but If Garoppolo signs somewhere else and they think they can win with Lamar, I think by all means they should go for
3: it, man. I'll tell you right now, what a what a scenario, right? You're you're dreaming about Lamar Jackson, then you end up with Jimmy G. <laughs> like, I mm-hmm. can just yeah.
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: that, boy, that's that's a that's a roller coaster affair. Well, Bill, let, let me ask you this because, and we've had these discussions about you know uh, building up the team because the Raiders need a lot of help. They need help on defense, but after the sure. compensatory picks were rolled out yesterday, they have 11 total picks, and of course they're giving up their first round picks in this trade scenario this year and next year, but they still have you know 10 picks this year and if Dave Ziggler can work his magic a little bit and and you know hit on a few of these picks wouldn't that kind of help uh you know build the team and still have a quarterback uh of the future for you because he's only 26 of Lamar Jackson
1: that's true that's a good point Lamar Jackson is going to be around for years to come so you know that that is not an issue and absolutely you know if you think you're confident hey this is a deep draft or hey you know we can land guys in the second third fourth fifth sixth round that are going to be players on our roster, then yeah, I, I think you have a stronger case for going for it. Um, you know, is that always, does it always work out? It's hard to say. Right. Like, you know, when you look at teams like the Seahawks where they had that draft when they were first starting out uh, in this John Scheiner era where they landed Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson, and Richard Sherman in the later rounds. And you're like, okay, well, we're just going to draft Hall of Famers in the third, (laughs) fourth, and fifth round. We can trade away our first round picks. So they traded down, they traded for Percy Harvin, they traded in deals for Jimmy Graham. You know, they got really aggressive with their first round picks, but it turns out it's hard to find guys in the third, fourth, fifth round who are Hall of Famers. That team ended up suffering until they came back and started keeping their first round picks again. So, you know, to me, I feel like, You know, you can certainly try and pull that off, but it's really, really difficult. So I I wouldn't fault them for going after Lamar. Lamar's the hardest thing you can find. You know, finding a franchise quarterback in the prime of his career is more important than any other player at any other position. But I think it sort of depends on Garoppolo. I think once Garoppolo makes this decision, if he goes somewhere else, then I think the Raiders have to have that conversation of, okay, are we all in? now that jimmy g has gone somewhere else
3: and the side note on this is you know because a lot of people say well q just go into the draft and find your your quarterback of the future well where the raiders are sitting right now bill is at number seven so i think to go get their franchise quarterback of the future if they do see one of these top four guys that i look at in bryce young and cj stroud and will levitts and anthony richardson those guys all could be gone at number seven so i would think that the raiders might have to trade up to go get their guy and how much the capital is that going to cost them as opposed to how much capital it costs to go get lamar Jackson?
1: Exactly. You know, if you're going to trade up anyway, you might as well trade up for the guy who's more of a sure thing than these guys in the draft. Like I think Anthony Richardson's going to be a very exciting player, but this was a guy who, frankly, was not all that great at Florida. There's right. really not much around him. But Lamar Jackson was a Heisman Trophy winner and has been an MVP in the pros. Like at some point, you know, if you're trading up, you might as well trade up for the sure thing or the shorer thing than for the young guy.
3: No doubt, no doubt. And Bill, as we wrap this up, I did want to go to the number one team that you have listed, and I think that's the team that every one of us thought about immediately when Lamar Jackson got hit with the non-exclusive tag, and that was the Atlanta Falcons, and reports came out immediately that they weren't interested. Again, I'm not buying that. I think he would be fantastic in Atlanta. I really do think that that'd be a great location uh, for him as a landing spot. What do you think about Lamar in Atlanta? Man, it's,
1: it's,
3: it was number one on my list. You <laughs> know, like, I, yeah.
1: I, 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 I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I did. I did like the thing where you check a tweet, and you're like, okay, um, it's just a fake account. You know, is this someone with their name spelled slightly differently? Is this A. and Schefter getting to me and saying, <laughs> you know, the Falcons are interested because the Falcons should be. They have Deshaun Ritter, who, granted, you know, was okay at quarterback. Three of his four starts last year came against other backups, so wasn't like we saw him competing against top competition. Um, but they have a young core on offense. They have a very good offensive line. They have two really exciting young receivers in Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Tyler Algier was excellent for them in the running game last year. In offense, it's built around the quarterback run game already with Arthur Smith, so Lamar Jackson could slip right in. Um, uh, You know, they have a lot of cap space, so the bunnies on an issue. All these reasons to believe that Lamar Jackson would be an excellent fit for them where they are right now. But, you you can't make them do it, right? Maybe they're going to wait. Maybe they're going to say, okay, let's get to the end of the draft and maybe we'll make that 24 and 25 trade and wait a year. So you never know if teams are posturing, but it does seem kind of nuts that the Falcons within 15 minutes of that news were like, no, we're good. We're even going to tweet it from our official team Twitter account that we're not interested. That's wild to me.
3: Yeah, me too. It didn't make any sense when I saw it and all these different teams rolled out real quick and said that they weren't interested. Again, I'm not buying all of that, but we'll see. Next week, you know, the tampering period begins on Monday and then free agency opens up officially on the 15th. How how quickly do you think that we may see something? And the other thing to this, I guess, Bill, is that if a team does put an offer sheet out there, then they've got a hold. They can't really go and be aggressive in free agency until the Ravens with their five days to match it, decide what they're going to do.
1: Yeah, that's why I think it could be a wait. You know, it wouldn't surprised me if it waited until second week of free agency when kind of that first group of players signs and then you're kind of looking at bargains or you're maybe thinking about, okay, you know, maybe we have more money than we expected. And and I think it could be until after the draft. It could be teams saying, hey, you know, we're going to play this game of chicken and see what happens and then we'll get to 2020, the 2024 and 2025 picks. And, you know, we can kind of have our cake and eat it too because we, uh, not only did we get to keep our 2023 selection and make a pick, but also then we went out and got our guy uh, for 2024 and 2025 as well. So wouldn't be surprised if this was not a process that resolved itself next week. Could be a couple months. So very interesting. And who knows? Maybe the Ravens are going to see that deal and immediately match. But I feel like a lot is up in the air and it could go a lot of different directions and I, you know, I'm I'm surprised by what's happened so far, so I, I'm going to be surprised by what happens next, too, if I, I would expect.
3: Absolutely. Well, it's, it's, the NFL knows what they're doing. They're a machine for a reason. They keep us locked in, and when we start to walk away, they reel us right back with something like this. So uh, <laughs> fantastic stuff as always, Bill. Your piece on ESPN.com right now, Lamar Jackson trade, ranking NFL team fits for Ravens quarterbacks. Really good stuff. I encourage everyone to go check it out. Thanks so much for your time this afternoon. As always, we definitely appreciate you. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. Bill Barnwell right there, ESPN.com, joining us, talking all things Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens quarterback, as he's hit with the non-exclusive franchise tag and what that means for the organization and him moving forward. And, of course, the big news that uh, we basically started off the show with today that DeMond dropped on us about the Carolina Panthers moving up from 9 to number 1. What does that do for the Raiders? How do they have to adjust their thinking? Do they adjust their thinking in the upcoming draft? Because now you know one quarterback is for sure – off the books at number one. The question, Damon, who is that quarterback? And is the guy that the Raiders like, is he going to still be there? Because you know Houston's taking a quarterback at number two. You know the first two positions with the two, first two draft picks. The question is, who are they going to get? And is the Raiders guy still there after two?
2: That's my big question. Man, it's going to be so fun. I don't is know. it?
3: <laughs> I think it's going to be nerve-wracking now because yeah, I mean really the Raiders if they if they have a guy that they're eyeing that they're really intrigued by they literally have to move up all the way to number 3 to ensure that they get him and that doesn't even show that they get him because their guy might have been a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud and I'm just about guaranteed unless Anthony Richardson slides in there or
2: will I mean I guess I mean it's like I say it that, shows how committed it's going to show how committed you are if you think that one of these guys is the guy to trade up. Yeah. I you, mean, because before it was a, hey, you could trade, but now it's a guarantee. The thing that is, if you gotta, want your guy, you
3: got to trade up. You've got to figure out, if you're the Raiders, who Carolina's going up to get, right? And, and and that depends on who you're going to get as well. Is it the same guy? Because if it is, and I mean, if you trade up to number three and your guy's not there, then all of a sudden you, you give up draft capital and your guy's not there.
2: Then what do you do? Do you think there's that much separation from these three? Yes. I think, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. Um, I think that all of them are going to be gone
3: quick, right? I mean, I, I always thought that there was a chance that all four of those guys are going to be gone by number 7, but I do think that there's a difference between a guy that can start immediately and a guy that doesn't. Not saying that any of them are going to start right away, but I believe CJ and Bryce have a chance to start right away where Will Evans and Anthony Richardson have to grow into that. And that might be year one still, but I still think that they have to grow into the spot. So, yeah, I think there's a little bit of difference, and I don't know who the Raiders want. If I knew who the Raiders wanted or if I knew who the Panthers wanted, <laughs> that'd be great. Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. Light it up. 702-365-9200. Let us know your thoughts on Carolina trading all the way up to number one, how that impacts the Raiders who are sitting there at number seven. How do you think that they should maneuver now? Do they have to counter move? Do they just sit there at seven and let the chips fall where they may? What are your thoughts? I mean, we started out talking free agency, but this is bigger and bigger and way bigger than free agency. That'll start next week. Let us know about it. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r This is Raider Nation Radio 920.